glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the room already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump the me. Golly. Oh, they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast brought to you guys by the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. We are proud members of them. You can find them at FTFPodNet on Twitter. You can also find them at FullTimeFantasy.com where you can hear other great podcasts such as Jim Day of the FF Champs, Adam Ronis and Dr. Roto who are both on Sirius XM Radio, Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, Anthony Servino of FF Faceoff, and many, many others including ourselves. Again, we are proud and just thrilled to be a part of this awesome community. On today's episode, we are going to be continuing our little mock draft that we've been doing here lately. We had some of the listeners, uh, some of the guys that have joined in on the Listener League for the Fantasy Football Roundtable podcast joined Dennis and myself, and we completed a mock. We were able to get two of them on here. We were hoping to get a little bit more, uh, but with the July 4th holiday and everything came a little bit more difficult or more difficult than we thought, but we did get two of the guys on here. They'll discuss their strategies and just thoughts overall on the Superflex draft with me and Dennis, and then we We'll go in and discuss our teams. Hope you guys enjoy. And as I was talking about in the intro, we've got one of our listeners in the Listener League, Ben Bowman, with us. He did a mock draft with me, Dennis, and a couple of the other guys in the Listener League. So we've got him with us. Ben, how you doing? Doing great. How are y'all doing? Uh, outstanding. Yeah, just just living the dream. Ready for tomorrow. I need a day off from work. So either one of you guys have to work Friday for work, or you guys both off Thursday, Friday? No, actually, I was off all week, so I've been, luckily, been off all week just resting at the house. Oh, man. And I took a vacation day for Friday, so I don't come back until Sunday. <sighs> I'm jealous of both of you, because i got to get right back up at 3 o'clock in the morning, go to work on Friday, so tomorrow's not even really a full day off for me. But, Ben, we just talked about having you on the draft here, so you were picking in the 7 spot, and I'm just going to kind of read over your draft here, and then I want to talk to you about your strategy going into it. So, you started off with Melvin Gordon. At the 1-7, at 2-6, you took Todd Gurley. I like that start, even though I'm not a fan of Melvin Gordon. I love the double up there on two stud running backs. At 3-7, you took A.J. Green. 4-6, you took Brandon Cooks. 5-7, Hunter Henry. 6-6, Tevin Coleman. 7-7, Allen Robinson. Uh, At the 8-6, you took Matt Ryan. 9-7, Larry Fitzgerald. 10-6, Corey Davis. 11-7, Peyton Barber. 12-6, Dak Prescott. 13-7, Derek Carr. Then at 14-6, you took Trey Burton, and then you finished out with the Houston Texans defense and Jake Elliott. This is a super flex league with two flex spots. So you went ahead and were one of the few teams that actually grabbed three quarterbacks, which I think is a great strategy in super flex leagues. I know Dennis, I think Dennis and myself both did it as well. We were one of the few teams that all grabbed three quarterbacks to kind of give you that uh, that bench quarterback. So what was your strategy going into this draft, picking from the seventh spot, knowing it was a super flex league? I guess my strategy was uh, just the best players available, knowing that this was like a redraft, not a dynasty uh, draft. I didn't really tend towards like choosing the young young guys. I kind of just tended for the best players available. And then uh, with the knowing that it's a super flex, my other strategy is is always to have two quarterbacks 
and then to have a third quarterback for the bye, the bye week replacement. And that's pretty much, I guess, my strategy. It, it kind of changed during the draft, and like I said, usually have a strategy going in, but once the draft starts, it kind of you got to adjust your strategy. And I didn't really have to tend to adjust my strategy. It's just I think mine was more driven towards the best player available. Okay, so I've got to ask you, starting off before I let Dennis jump in here on you, why Melvin Gordon? Because I know you. we were talking right before we, we brought you on that you're a fan of the podcast, so I'm sure you know me and Dennis both dislike Melvin Gordon. So uh, not that it was a bad pick, because at 1.7, that's still pretty good value. I personally would have gone Hopkins or Adams over him, but I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on why you took Melvin Gordon over all those other wide receivers or maybe even Joe Mixon. I guess the reason why with Melvin Gordon, I know that he is, they've been talking about that this is might be his contract year or, you know, going for a contract. So I was more interested in somebody like a player that has something to prove. And right now, as for the, you know, for a wide receiver, you know, th- those were two good wide receivers right there available with Hopkins and Adams. But it's always just the question of, you know, now with Houston, you got Will Fuller back. Then you got with the Green Bay, uh, you have, you know, young wide receivers at the two and three spots. So it's kind of tough to see if DeMonte is going to get all those shares. And I guess with Melvin Gordon, that's why I just, you know, I felt like he has something to prove. Still young running back. And uh, the only thing that's my concerning was is that his knees – if his uh-huh. knees could stay up, he really don't have a true backup and only step for Justin Jackson. Other than that, I felt like he'd be, you know, getting his, you know, 15, 20 touches, you know, with catches as well in a game. And I felt comfortable taking him at 1-7. You know, I really like the Todd Gurley pick at 2-6. Uh, I feel like his slide is getting overblown. Um, yes. I I would have taken I honestly I think I'd take Gurley over Bell. Uh, yes. I probably and and he'd be right there. Uh, I'd take him probably over Connor and Cook as well. I I I anytime I find myself in the middle of the second round and Todd Gurley's there, I'm taking him. They're they're going to manage his snaps because they've got better talent around him. There's nothing new really going on with him, but it's just sort of getting blown out of proportion. So even if he re- he receives a 10 or 15% reduction in snaps, he's still going to have a, a huge workload, and he's still going to get touches. So for me, uh, I, I'm all in at that price. Yes, thanks. I was also... Like, I've noticed, like, I've done some mocks that he has fallen either into the late first round or early second. And with him falling back, coming in the middle of the second round, I could not pass on him. And granted, that's probably where my two concerns are in my first two picks, both young running backs, but both with knee issues. Like I said, if they both could stay healthy, I believe that they'll have a good season, even though Todd Gurley's got – Daryl Henderson behind him, I still don't believe that Henderson's going to, you know, cut into his workload. Granted, he might lose a few more touches, but I still feel okay with Todd Gurley. So did you consider handcuffing either one of them at any point? 
Well, I did, but right now with Daryl Henderson's, you know, to draft him for a handcuff, you have to get him, you know, in the middle rounds. To me, that's too soon. Uh, if I was looking at the handcuffs, you know, the only thing for the handcuffs, I don't know if I, I didn't really consider any handcuffs for those two players. I, like I said, I just still feel that Daryl Henderson's value right there would be not worth those picks to handcuff Todd Gurley. So that's why I figured I would draft someone different or, you know, a better player for that round instead of a handcuff. Yeah, I think with where Henderson's going right now, for me, I have to have some belief that he's going to have standalone value. And I just don't feel like there's going to be any consistency with that right now. He'll have a game where he, he gets 10 touches and has a nice run or a nice reception and gets a touchdown. And it's going to look like he's doing really well because it's going to have a lot of points. But the next week he'll get eight touches for you know, for 27 yards or 30 yards and, and not do anything. Uh, I think it's going to be definitely a uh, testament to Bob Lung's consistency theory uh, with Daryl Henderson this year. Yeah, I mean, just to touch on, on Henderson going too early, as you were talking about, Ben. So in this draft, he actually went at the 6-9 spot to uh, to Cody, where you took Tevin Coleman. So I think I would rather take Tevin Coleman in that spot over Darrell Henderson. Uh, you took him three spots earlier before he took him. So I, I would actually, if I were you, I'd have done the same thing and stuck with Tevin Coleman. I think Tevin Coleman's got a better shot to do something in Atlanta with standalone fantasy value than Darrell Henderson does in, uh, in Los Angeles. Well... Coleman, I think, is going to, you know, he's going to have to fight off Matt Breda, who's shown that he's a tough son of a gun. And uh, McKinnon coming back. I, I, I'm pretty down on Coleman myself. Uh, I'm, in general, I'm trying to avoid that San Francisco backfield altogether because you just, I, I just don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but Coleman, uh, you know, I'd have pro- I definitely would have went Geis over Coleman. But then that would have given you three. Injury yeah. issues at, at running back, so that means it could go it could go outstanding for you, or you could be starting, you know, Peyton Barber and Alexander Madison and Deion Lewis at running back. <laughs> yeah. So just to kind of finish out for for those of you who who might not have caught it because I was reading those off kind of fast. So Ben's running back depth right now is Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, which as he touched on, if they both stay healthy. He, he's going to have a rock-solid two top ten running backs all season long. And then he has Tevin Coleman and Peyton Barber for bye weeks or if someone gets injured. So if you're on Dennis's side there in Tampa Bay about Peyton Barber being the guy, uh, you've got four starting running backs, in my opinion, because I do think Tevin Coleman is going to be end up being the guy in San Francisco. Jarek McKinnon, uh, while he's good, has never proven to be able to handle the full workload and is injury prone. And so is Matt Breida. I I like Matt Breida, but I think he's going to be used more as a change of pace guy than a full actual workhorse like I think Tevin Coleman can be. You know, Coleman... Kyle Shanahan was there when they drafted him. He, he wanted him in that offense. He brought him over to San Francisco. I think he's got more of an, an idea and a plan for Tevin Coleman there uh, than to just be kind of a, a role player. I could be wrong, uh, but I, I like Tevin Coleman a lot. So that's your, those are your running backs right there. Uh, you know, not bad. Not bad at all. Like I said, starting off with Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley is, is a knockout. And then we're going to moving on to your wide receivers. I think you actually did a really good job here with your wide receivers. So, again, you took A.J. Green and Brandon Cooks. 
as your first two. Uh, me and Dennis actually both talked about both of these guys a lot on the last podcast with Chris because Dennis took A.J. Green in the third round as well. Uh, and we were both talking about Brandon Cooks at some point in time as well because we both like Brandon Cooks. So I love that. I uh, love those two being your top, your one and two wide receivers because both have a shot at being wide receiver ones in fantasy. So your kind of thoughts on, on getting them and were you thrilled to have both A.J. Green and Brandon Cooks? Was there any thought? Uh, when it was coming back around in that fourth round of taking Julian Edelman or Kenny Galladay instead of Brandon Cooks? Well, I, st- I still th- feel like that with the Los Angeles or out with the Rams that Brandon Cooks will be the leading receiver on that team. They have, That's a good offensive team. I was uh, happy with the, the pick there with him. Uh, because he has the ability to one catch and then he's gone and can score a huge touchdown. Uh, and then also this year now back with Cooper Cups coming back off the injury, I think that will take away some targets. Maybe I don't know really necessary from Brandon Cooks, probably more towards Robert Woods. And then for the A.J. Green pick, I felt great. You know, another case and example, another a player this year is you know, fighting for a contract. And granted, he had some injuries in the, you know in the past, but I feel like this year he's finally healthy and and still be an elite top wide receiver. Dennis, you got anything on the wide receivers? No, I feel I thought he did a great job there. I I like uh, AJ Green a, a whole bunch. Uh, Corey Davis in the tenth could turn out to be the steal. Yeah. That's that's super good value right there. Yeah, I mean, just touch it on the rest of your wide receiver course. So you took Allen Robinson in the seventh, Larry Fitzgerald in the ninth, and Corey Davis in the tenth. I love your last two picks on the wide receivers. Even though I'm not a Corey Davis fan, getting him in the tenth round, if he ends up being something, you just got the one in Tennessee. And, I mean, you took him right around the, the likes of D.K. Metcalf, Geronimo Allison, Miko Hardman. So, so Davis fell, and he fell hard in this draft. So getting him was great, and I love the Larry Fitzgerald pick the round before. I mean, he's likely going to still be the stud there in, um, my goodness, I was going to say San Francisco, there in Arizona. Uh, for Kyler Murray, he, he's that safety blanket for every quarterback that's played there. He'll likely be that for Kyler Murray. So getting him likely obviously going to be his last year in the NFL, that's a great guy that you can plug and play there. And then obviously Allen Robinson, who's the one in Chicago. So going on kind of what uh, Dennis talked about in the last episode we did with Chris, you got three wide receivers right there in Green, Cooks, and Robinson that are all kind of the ones on their teams, which gives you the volume and the ability to get a lot of fantasy points. So I love that part of the draft for you. I think you've got a you've got a really good team with your running backs and uh, your wide receivers. Moving on to the quarterbacks, it was interesting this being a super flex draft, how far a lot of the quarterbacks fell. Uh, there were a couple that were taken early, and then it seemed like once everybody realized not anybody was going for quarterbacks, they all started to drop. You ended up getting Matt Ryan in the 8th, and then you followed that up with Dak Prescott in the 12th and Derek Carr in the 13th. Uh, I love all those quarterbacks. I actually think Derek Carr is going to have a bounce-back year as much as I hate on the Cowboys uh, and Dak Prescott. He, Dak Prescott is still a top 10-12 to 12 quarterback in fantasy. He's proven it every year. And then you got Matt Ryan, who's been right up there in the top 5 discussion every year. So I really like that. really think you knocked that out of the park. Just Do you have any thoughts or, or how happy you were with getting those quarterbacks? I was really happy getting Matt Ryan kind of, I guess, in the middle of the draft because uh, usually I know we had some discussions 
while we were doing the mock draft that some some guys were you know surprised that this is a super flex and that no quarterbacks like two quarterbacks wasn't taken early or often and then in the past I've been in many drafts that you know quarterbacks were taken extremely early mm-hmm. so during this draft I kind of waited on the quarterbacks because now it seems like in the last couple of years that that position is you know has very a lot of valuable players that are almost similar numbers except for your maybe top five elite quarterbacks all the rest are about the same we're still going to put up the numbers uh like you can always maybe get like a late uh pick for like philip rivers or uh even i saw this year which is surprising drew Brees is down but uh for the quarterbacks i saw matt ryan there in the middle i love that because i know he'll put up maybe four thousand yards or maybe more than that this year with his wide receivers and then also uh, the only one, that, like I said, I like the Derek, uh, the Derek Carr pick. The Dak Prescott is was the second quarterback I chose. Yeah, uh, he's got the young talent with Amari Cooper around him. But you know, I was kind of hoping to maybe get a second quarterback instead of Dak. But where he failed, I just felt like I needed to take a quarterback. And at the time that he was the highest, the the highest player available at that position. So I went on and took Dak there, but then when it come back around to the 13th, I made sure to get a you know a third quarterback, which was Derek Carr, and then I felt felt better with that pick. But like I said, usually I I've, I've picked quarterbacks early, but this year I've kind of I'm going to kind of wait because mm-hmm. there is at least maybe 20 quarterbacks, at least 20 quarterbacks that can still produce top numbers, and then I can get more value at running back, uh, tight end, or wide receiver positions. Yeah, I, I love that strategy right there. Quarterback is extremely deep. Uh, I'm in a super flex draft right now, and I just saw five quarterbacks go uh, in the first two rounds, which has allowed me to get uh, to get Odell. Uh, who did I get? Odell, Nick Chubb, and, and um, who was my third wide receiver? Let me look really quick. And uh, and Stephon Diggs. No, no, and Stephon Diggs. No, no, different draft. Uh, I'm, it's one that Ray did uh, from – Dynasty nerds. I joined a dead nah, superflex with It them. was a joke because you took Odell and Chubb. Oh, gotcha. Just... Oh, no, no. I thought about it. I thought, well, I was going to take Baker, but he went. Uh, but, no, so I ended up with uh, Stephon Diggs, Odell, and Nick Chubb, which I thought was just an amazing start because everybody was reaching for the quarterbacks. Um, so then let me ask both of you. So you, you were saying that you weren't really that happy with the Dak Prescott pick at, at uh, 12-6. The only quarterbacks that went after him was Mitch went to Dennis, Jimmy G went to Jonathan, and then Lamar Jackson went to Blake before you took Derek Carr. Uh, would either one of you take those other one of those other three over Dak? I mean, for me, maybe Mitch would be the only one because I haven't seen it from Jimmy G, and I, I just don't trust Lamar Jackson in throwing the ball. I know he'll put up rushing numbers, but so will Dak. So the only one that I might have taken over Dak would have been Mitch Trubisky, but if I'm being honest, and as much as it hurts me to say, I would still probably take Dak over Mitch Trubisky. Matt, I would have done the same thing, too. If, if I had to choose, it would have been – Trubisky, but at that position, I still feel like Dak's just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I stuck with picking uh, Dak at that at that time. Dennis, would you yeah. have stuck with Dak? Um, I I I definitely would. I'd have probably taken if I was going to take a quarterback early. Earlier, you know, Brady went in the eleventh, and I would have definitely taken Dak over Brady. Yeah. Um. I like Dak better than Carr. You know, I, I like Stafford, but I have concerns about Daryl Bevel as the offensive coordinator and the propensity to run. 
I, I'm not in on Lamar. Garoppolo and Trubisky, you know, my thing with Trubisky, I just saw this today, uh, and I wish I remembered who posted it on Twitter, but he uh, he's going to be playing like his third full season of quarterback coming up Yeah, since high school. <laughs> uh, he's the second year in Matt Nagy's offense. They've added David Montgomery. I think Allen Robinson is a good wide receiver. Anthony Miller's good. I can see Trubisky taking a big step this year, and Trubisky's pretty mobile as well. So he's he's pretty close to as mobile as Dak is. So I, I think the case could be made for Trubisky uh, over Dak, but I don't have any issue with it. All right, so overall, before uh, before we get you out of here, Ben, how, how did you like your team? Do you think it played out well? Do you think if this were to be a league that you could win the league with this team? That's a, a tough question because it's still early. Injuries could happen. You know, uh, players that you pick could do great. Could you know, Sounds like a no to me. <laughs> my, my, my answer would be I feel like I have a contending team okay. that would at least make it in, either into the playoffs. But as to right now to say, yes, my team's to win it all, or I, uh, that answer probably would be a right now would be a maybe or a no. <laughs> Hey, I mean, but overall, I feel like overall, I feel like it is a contending team. It's all right. You can say that you think it's. I think my team's going to win this this fictional league, and my team sucks. I hate my entire draft, so it's it's okay to say that you think it's going to win. I mean, my team is bad, so I, I, we haven't even gotten to that yet. But I'm sure Dennis is going to tear my team apart because it, it's bad. But uh, no, I mean, like I said, I, I really liked your draft. I, I actually would probably put it up there as one of the best teams. I agree with you. I think you would easily make the playoffs with that team. I, obviously, health would be the main thing, especially with. With A.J. Green, who's dealt with a little bit of injury issues the past couple of years, and obviously Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley are the big ones. But if all three of those guys stay healthy, I mean, you've got two top ten running backs, a top 12 wide, probably two top 12 wide receivers, got some good depth at wide receiver, three really good quarterbacks. So, I mean, I would say you've got a really good shot, and you did a really good job in the draft. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I could see Matt Ryan being a top two or three, maybe four quarterback. You know he's, he, they've got some weapons there with Julio and Ridley. If Freeman can stay healthy, uh, I'm not big on Ito, but I love Quadri Allison. Austin Hooper has shown he can put up some big numbers if they give him a shot. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Matt Ryan put up some big numbers again this year. All right, Ben, and the last question before we get you out of here. I always do this at the beginning, but I forgot. So do you have a favorite NFL team and a, a favorite NFL player? Yes, my favorite NFL team will be the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> the current, the current uh, I guess the current, my favorite player, uh, I got probably two. I like Aaron Rodgers, and I would probably say Drew Brees. Okay, that's very interesting. I would not expect the, the breeze pick. Do you think Aaron Rodgers gets unfairly criticized being a Green Bay fan? Because I do. I think it's a little ridiculous, so I'd like to hear the thoughts of a Green Bay fan. I don't know. It just seems like the, the media puts it like it's, like, you know, right now with him and uh, Matt LaFleur, you know, trying to, you know, who's, you know, if it's Aaron's team or Matt's team and the argument about, you know, uh, where I saw in the news lately about where Aaron Rodgers was, you know, asked to call the plays, but if he sees a 
a chance to change the plays, then you know he's kind of had got to have permission. But with him, he said with him and Brett saying that he doesn't need that permission. That should be able to you know see the defense and change the plays. But as for him, I do think he gets a lot of criticized. He wasn't the greatest beer chugger either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that definitely did not help him at all. I, I agree with you on that. All right, um, I really want last thoughts. I, I keep asking you more questions because I'm I, I love uh, I love talking to to the fans. Uh, so we Dennis was a Detroit fan. That's why he was booing you there. Uh, okay. What um what are your thoughts on Green Bay for the upcoming season? Last thing, do you think they make the playoffs and and have a good year? You think it's another kind of maybe uh, middle of the pack in the NFC North or NFC uh, with Matt LaFour kind of taking over and being the, the new head coach offensive coordinator? Well, with the, the questions that I answered on the Twitter uh, poll that you posted, I think maybe a week or two ago about the five in and the five out. Yeah. I had Green Bay in the playoffs. Okay. So I still believe that they will make the playoffs. As for winning it all, it's NFC right now still still tough. Uh you know, still with, you know, I, I still see that that division, uh, the Bears and the Packers at the top of that division that will be competing, and also the Vikings. So maybe you see two to three of those teams in that division make the playoffs. And But I just see us right now, an early prediction, I would have the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs. Right. I like it. I think me and Dennis both had them in as well. We had, I think it was, I know I had the Vikings and the Packers in because I, I believe we both took the Bears out, though. Dennis, did you end up putting the Packers in as well? I, I think I did. Yeah, so we are all believers. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining us. We're, we're thrilled to have you in the league, and we cannot wait to, to finally get the last entrant in there and then start getting the draft up because we'll be doing this same thing. Once we get the draft going, we're going to bring you guys on to talk about your strategies during the draft and your teams, and then we'll be doing all kinds of stuff throughout the year with you guys where we're excited to have you in the league. And thank you so much for being a, a listener and, and just interacting with me and Dennis. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you guys. Thanks, Matt and Dennis. Like I said, enjoy the shows. Listen about every week whenever it comes on. And like I said, also I look forward to y'all's fantasy advice on Twitter. Uh, like I said, I'm very appreciative for you know having me on this mock draft and also in this uh, roundtable league. Like I said, I am looking forward to it. And then, like I said, I'm excited about this football season. Right on. We're happy to get going. All right, and as we got Ben out of here, now we are bringing in Mr. Jonathan Weber, the the first kind of original fan of the show. So, Jonathan, what is going on? Thank you for joining me and Dennis. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? I'm doing outstanding. It's uh, great to finally meet you in person. John's our. I, I know. Yeah, we just have a, a Twitter a Twitter uh, relationship. If you <laughs> I think, what do they call that in the in the broadcast? You're like the P1 fan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd be like the original old school fan. All right, so John, you drafted out of the second spot, and we're just going to kind of do the same thing we did with Ben. Obviously, you weren't able to listen to that, so I will give you kind of a heads up on what I did. I'm going to run through your draft, and then we're just going to kind of talk about your positions and everything you did, if we liked your draft, what we didn't like, so on and so forth. So, again, you picked out of the second spot. You started off with Christian McCaffrey. Great pick. I I have no arguments with that. Maybe Zeke. But, you know, maybe that's a little bit of my Ohio State bias coming out right there, but I do love me some Christian McCaffrey. At 211, you took Adam Thielen. 3-2, George Kittle. 
4'11", Aaron Rodgers, 5'2", Deshaun Watson, 6'11", Lamar Miller, 7'2", Latavius Murray, 8'11", Cortland Sutton, 9'2", Golden Tate, 10-11, Kiki Kuti, 11-2, Ido Smith, 12-11, Deshaun Hamilton, 13-2, Jimmy G, 14-11, Ryquell, and then he finished out with the Vikings defense and Brett Maher of the Cowboys kickers. So your strategy going into this draft, and did it work out for you? Did you have to change it? Uh, well, yeah, I came in, like, it was, it was interesting when you, uh, kind of listening to previous podcasts and a couple other Superflex leagues that, that I'm in, in doing the mock, I sort of changed my strategy a little bit to go and grab kind of the best player I thought available in that spot. So when it came to like QB, I probably pulled the trigger a little early, uh, in my opinion, but I do think that with Rodgers and Watson that early, I mean, if I'm going to, if it were a real league, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be pretty, pretty happy with, with that outcome and having to, you know, probably at least top five, maybe top six, I guess we could argue, depending on, you know, listening to the pod the other day with whether or not, you know, where Baker falls, um, once luck and, um, uh, who else was off the board second? Mahomes, Mahomes I guess. Sorry, yeah. I don't know how I forget Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes yeah. off second. Uh, that's normally not my strategy. And the same with, I would say, uh, grabbing Titan so early with, with Kittle. Um, but I actually saw Dennis grab Kelsey. And so I figured I might just roll the roll it right there and just try to grab um, a guy who I look at as being able to at least be equivalent to like wide receiver, high wide receiver two production. Worst case, you know, I'm or that's the worst case. Best case, he's he's not that far off from like a wide receiver one. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I, we were just talking about this obviously on the podcast the other day uh, that you were referencing. Kelsey and Kittle are, are the two for me. Zach Ertz, I think, is right there, too. Again, for me, it's hard to grab that one of those tight ends that early, but when you do, you know you're winning that position every single week, and, and you've, you've got a battle whenever you go up against Kelsey and Ertz, obviously. That's only two weeks out of the year. You're likely going to win every single matchup at tight end, which which gives you that advantage, so it's not a, not a bad move. You know I'm a huge fan of George Kittle overall. Um, I mean, looking at it, yeah, when you took Kittle, I mean, Stephon Diggs, it's probably the only one right around in that area. I would have I would have probably taken over him. Maybe AJ Green, although I'm not as high on him as, as Dennis is. Uh, but I I don't think it was a bad pick at all. So your running backs. This is this is I think the weakest part of your team. I, I like your team overall. I think Agreed. Him, it, it's very good. Um, but Christian McCaffrey, obviously rock solid stud. He's going to be right there in the fight for one of the top three running back spots in fantasy. There's no way you could have gone wrong there. That was a great pick. Lamar Miller. I hate Lamar Miller, so it's hard for me to give an unbiased opinion, even though I'm supposed to. Uh, I mean, he, he's going to give you running back two numbers, no doubt. Um, obviously, it all depends on if you think Donta Foreman is going to come back at all. He's been getting a lot of rave reviews here lately, not even though they're not in camp or anything like that, so I don't know how they're talking about why he looks so good. Uh, but Donta Foreman is the only real threat to Lamar Miller right now, but then you followed up with Latavius Murray, Edo Smith, and Reichel Armstead. Armstead might be a good pick. It's, or I shouldn't say might. It's a great pick in the 14th round, especially if Leonard Fournette goes down. You know, Dennis has talked about many a times with Leonard Fournette's injury history and his problems off the field and getting suspended. There's a good chance you might get four or five games out of Reichel Armstead just based on that. So that was a great pick by you in the 14th round. But, I mean, you're looking at right now McCaffrey and Miller 
uh, as you're starting to with really no depth. I guess it depends on, on your thoughts on Latavius Murray and Edo Smith. So since you took those two, what are your thoughts on Latavius Murray and Edo Smith? Do you think that they're going to bring more fantasy value than I probably think they do? Yeah, it, it's a, it was a tough one in that spot because I pulled the trigger on um, grabbing Kittle so early and then the two QBs back-to-back. I kind of put myself in a hole. I dug myself a hole in terms of what was there for running back. And so I went with where I thought with Murray, depending on how they're going to end up using Murray in New Orleans, I thought worst case he could be kind of that low-end RB2. And... Um, and so I thought it would be worth worth the gamble there to see kind of what he could do production-wise. I mean, Kamara, I think he's still going to be a stud, so I don't think Murray's going to gonna, uh, struggle. So he's not going to have as many opportunities. But if he can do anything like what Ingram did last year, I think that's kind of what I was looking at in terms of production. And then for – and my other running back, I'm sorry, who? which guy was that? Was that Armstead? Is that what you're Edo talking Smith. about? No, I love the Armstead pick. Edo Smith was, uh, was your next one because I oh, found yeah, there was him. there wasn't much there, and so uh, I think um, I can even let me take a look real quick, and I could see because oh, I was gonna actually grab Justice Hill was who I was looking at, and he went right before um, Blake had grabbed him. No, he went um, after. He went after him. That's why I was asking. After. Yeah, oh, snake back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was okay. So in that one, sorry, I'm looking at it. No, I, yeah, I thought yeah. it was the other way around. Um, yeah, I was gonna grab Hill, and I wasn't sure, and I saw Ito there, and just with Devonta Foreman and whether he or Freeman, sorry, and whether he's going to be healthy i know they've got dennis's guy and quadri there too um but i figured i'd take the gamble on on judge ito and whether he shows up to uh at least get get something coming out of that backfield yeah i for me i probably would have went not you know look just looking later in that round i think naheem hines might have been the route i would have went i would have went you know for the pass catcher uh, I think Ito is going to – his best shot at maintaining relevancy is going to be if Foreman or Freeman gets hurt uh, because I do think Allison is going to push him pretty hard. You know, I like Eckler, who was later, and I'm starting to warm up a little bit to Barber, especially in the 11th round. Uh, it's hard to tell what how that Tampa Bay backfield is going to shake out right now, but Barber still seems to be the number one there. And I think if you're looking for opportunity this late, it's who's going to get the most volume. I could see Ito pushing for a decent volume if if he if things fall just right for him. Uh, they certainly can't give Freeman uh, 25 touches a game. Uh, he just isn't going to hold up with that. So I could see them giving their second back at least 10 to 12 carries a game. So if, if Freeman can or Smith can get ten to fifteen touches a game, you know, then maybe that comes in and, and ends up being worth it there. Uh, McKinnon, yeah, you know, I agree with Matt. He had said it earlier that that he just doesn't seem to be able to stay healthy. There's a whole lot of mouths to feed there in San Francisco, uh, but Hines seems to have an established role. Eckler as well, and they both went after uh, Ito. And so I, I think potentially either one of them might have might work out to be better picks. I I like the Armstead pick, especially late, but the guy I'm starting to warm up to in Jacksonville as a late round pick is Alfred Blue. 
he's just he's he's the definition of a jag. But he's a good pass catcher. He's a good pass protector. And if you block him three and a half yards, he'll get you three and a half yards. And if uh, Fournette gets injured, has another spell of knuckleheadedness, Alfred Blue has that reliability that I think Armstead may struggle with as a rookie. Yeah, so for me, just looking at the the running backs there, I mean, it is kind of hard to to criticize you too much there because I feel like, you know, you kind of, at least if it were me in your spot, would have been kind of pissed with Dennis sniping me twice. It would have been sniping me twice had I been in that second spot, taking Miles Sanders right before Latavius Murray and then Devin Singletary right before Edo Smith. Uh, I would have loved to get one of those guys in your spot. Uh, And then as you were talking about with Justice Hill, I mean, I personally would have taken Justice Hill or Naheem Hines. I mean, I drafted Naheem Hines right there at the end of the 11th. I love Naheem Hines. I agree with what Dennis was saying. Now, Justice Hill, I just I, it's not that I don't like Edo Smith, because I, I do. He, he showed last year that he could be an RB2 when healthy. He, he produced, was really good in that backfield with Tevin Coleman. I would not be surprised if he shows that with Devontae Freeman this year. I just think that Freeman has to be out for him to really produce uh, like he did last year. So I probably would have gone Hill there. But, I mean, you said it right then. You, you knew that that was kind of going to be your weak spot going quarterback early. So moving on to your wide receivers, I, I love your wide receiver core. I mean, Adam Thielen, obvious top 12 wide receiver, so you got your one right there. And then I think you've got three guys, all of which could finish in the wide receiver two area, in Cortland Sutton, Golden Tate, Kiki Kuti, and then I love Deshaun Hamilton. I think he's getting wildly overrated to be able to get him in the 12th round I think was a great snag by you Uh, I think Dennis we were talking about it on the Monday episode with Chris because he grabbed Hamilton really late as well that we both think Hamilton has a shot to even outproduce Cortland Sutton this year so you load it up on the Denver wide receivers and you've got a chance to get the best one out of there Uh, how much what are your thoughts on your wide receiver core yeah I think the wide receiver core actually uh, running back for sure was my my weakest my weakest spot. But in in looking at Thielen, I mean I've got a lot of shares of him in in dynasty leagues already. So I'm still I'm still pretty high on him despite the age. Um, so in like a redraft situation, I, I'm totally down for for grabbing as much of that Minnesota offense as I can get. Um, I think Cousins is going to have hopefully a, a little bit of a better year than he had last year. So Thielen or Diggs. Um, would be guys I'd be looking to target. And then uh, Sutton uh, was sort of, I was looking to get one piece of that Denver offense. So it just happened that when Deshaun was still there, even though I sold him off in dynasty already uh, in this, in this sense, I was like, I mean, Flacco can still throw the ball. Somebody's got to catch the ball. I don't know who else is there. Um, Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick, yeah, Tim Patrick. Juwan Winfrey. Up, picking up Tim Patrick in some in some other uh, areas as well, just in case. Um, and um, you know, I, I just don't see Emmanuel Sanders kind of coming back and in being necessarily the same as he was before. So that does open up to like a Tim Patrick or a Deshaun. And then with um, Golden Tate, yeah, Shepard might be kind of the the number one now, and and I've been selling him uh, in my where I have him in dynasty, but in redraft, I, I figured you know it's worth a in a wide receiver three four kind of area to grab Tate. He could he could kind of 
give you what you need to get in terms of points there. And in terms of Kuti, it was sort of the same thing um, that I thought with Denver is I want a piece of that offense. So in, in some, you know, in some best ball stuff that I've been doing, I'll grab both Fuller and Kuti because um, Hopkins, I love him, but he goes so early like that, that I just can never get necessarily a, a, a share of him. So I'll, I'll take the other two receivers and Fuller, we know has problems staying healthy. Kuti has problems staying healthy. Hopefully one of the two can stay healthy and then, and then you're good. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of Deshaun, uh, like with, with um, Sutton, like I said, I, I think someone's going to emerge in that offense um, outside of maybe Fant, Font, I know there's that pronunciation, I don't know, which, whichever the pronunciation is on him, outside of maybe him, and the running back situation is still kind of strange, I don't know if it's going to be Freeman or it's going to be Lindsey, so as long as Flacco is somewhat upright, um, until they go to lock, uh, I think I think you're going to be good in grabbing those guys at, at a pretty discounted price. I'm glad I'm not the only one so, who struggles with the fan font thing really quick. Didn't mean to interrupt you there, Dennis, but I'm glad I'm not the only one because I feel like every time we bring a bunch of experts on, they're always like, no, it's, 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 it's fan or it's font. See, I can't even remember what it is. I always mess up. I always think it's the other way, so I'm glad I'm not the only one, but go ahead, Dennis. Well, I was curious – why do you like Thielen over Diggs? It, it it's tough. Um, I mean, I was a, a lot of it. I think might be more a little bit biased within Dynasty of still holding on, still having Thielen a little bit. Um, I mean, if you look at it from from that perspective, like Diggs is, I think the more the buy candidate um, in terms of his age. But for redraft, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with either one. I think it's going to get it's going to get spread around. I don't see Rudolph, even though he re-signed, really taking away too many targets. Um, the only person I could see, as long as he stays healthy, um, and as a as an alum of uh, of Florida State, Dalvin Cook, it'd be my only hope that um, he can kind of stay a little more healthy and, and get some more carries. Uh, so I think I think Thielen. I mean, the guy is just coming out of like when he came out of like nowhere like a couple of years ago um i just i think it's part partially like i like that story like and i, I like what he's done on the field and he's going to get his target so I, I i'm not too too afraid of of whether or not he's going to be uh good on the field with Diggs being there and emerging yeah i, I just feel like Thielen has shown he's an okay outside receiver and a really good slot receiver good big slot Diggs is I think shown that he's superior he's he's a better route runner he's faster he's better on the outside I feel like in the past year Diggs has separated himself from Thielen there it's in my eyes it's gone from 1a 1b to 1 and 2 I I know Thielen put up a bunch of numbers last year, but I feel like uh, it's a little bit of fool's gold to me. I, I could still see him catching 80 or 90 passes, uh, but I think overall Diggs is the one that's going to, you know, if they both catch 80 passes, Diggs is going to have more yards and probably more touchdowns. That's sort of how I see it. I don't know. I could be way off base. I was wrong once back in the late 50s. <laughs> No, I mean, I think they're both right there, too. I, I don't think you can go wrong with either one. I mean, we saw Kirk 
trusted Adam Thielen a lot last year. He threw it to him in some crucial situations. So I like Adam Thielen so far up until this point in both of their careers. He's outproduced Stephon Diggs. Uh, Diggs, I think, has suffered a little bit more with injuries than Thielen. Thielen has played through him where Diggs has actually had to sit a couple games. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm big on Diggs as well. We, we talked about how we both think he's going to have a have a huge year this year, but I wouldn't fault anybody for taking Thielen over him. Uh, at, at tight end, I mean, there's really you got George Kittle. He, he's a stud. N- nothing to worry about there with Kittle. You know he's going to be as long as he doesn't get hurt. He's going to be a top three, possibly even top one tight end this year. Uh, at quarterback, you were um, you went three, which I, which I like that. We were just talking about this with Ben. When you're in a super flex league, it's always good to get that third quarterback to back you up. Not everybody can do that, so. You got Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson, which you took back-to-back in the fourth and fifth round at 4-11 and 5-2, and then you added Jimmy G late in the 13th round. Uh, I know you were talking about it earlier, it being super flex, and then you just kind of took him. Um, did you have any thoughts about maybe waiting? Because up until that point, only two quarterbacks had gone. We saw Ricky take Andrew Luck at 2-1, and then Patrick Mahomes went at 4-4. So did you have any thoughts about possibly waiting, or did you just want to grab your two quarterbacks and know when you were going to get two studs and then just try and build the rest of your team around them? Yeah, so th- that's a good question. So in I just did a, an actual Superflex League. Like I think we finished up drafting like last week, and I'd, I know I'd, I think I was asking both of you questions about it uh, <laughs> on Twitter. So uh, in that one, I ended up with Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson, and I waited a little bit in that one, and I think I got them sort of where you saw them go off a little bit here, and I think it was like the 8th or ninth or the 7th or 8th. Uh-huh. And so I wanted to try a little something a little bit different with getting guys that I thought were – had higher ceilings um, than, than those two. And so when Rodgers was there, I mean, I know people are weird about kind of this LaFleur offense and, like, what's going to happen, and there's there, all these reports coming out about him not getting along with them and, and all this, but, I mean, he's still Aaron Rodgers. He's still going to throw the ball. Like, he's got Devontae Adams, who I'm a big fan of. Um, I don't really care so much about the rest of the receivers. I mean, there'll be somebody there. Um, but, it, I mean, he's going to go to Adams uh, all day long. And in terms of Watson, I mean, he's just fun to watch. Um, you know, I don't watch a lot of football. <laughs> I play a lot of fantasy, but I don't watch a lot of football. I'm more like a soccer person. But when I, when, I, when I see him play, he's just, like, incredible to watch. And so I figured at that point, with the upside, especially if Hopkins, I mean, who's always healthy, but if Fuller and Kuti can stay healthy and Miller can just do what he does, which is just be a solid RB2, I mean, he's gonna. I think he's gonna eat in terms of putting up yards and touchdowns, um, and he can have those crazy. You know, he can have those crazy four or five touchdown games like we've seen before. So, and in Jimmy G being so late, I was like, I mean, I might as at that point when you had some of these other guys going, like Brady goes before him and Dak goes before him. Um, you know, I, I, I'll take the I'll take the late round backup QB and Jimmy G with what they're trying to do in San Francisco with that offense. Yeah, that could really pay off. If they if they click with if Pettis stays healthy, if Goodwin can stay healthy, uh Debo steps up with Kittle, uh and that backfield can gel, that could be a, a really dynamic offense in San Francisco. It's it's a crapshoot to pick which one it's gonna be in the backfield and which one it's gonna be in at wide receiver. But if you hit it, it, if you hit it, it could be really pay off. And if Garoppolo stays healthy, I know his injury seemed like it was kind of fluky, but 
he's got a small sample size, but he's shown that he might he might just be the guy. So it'll be interesting to watch going forward. Definitely. All right, so before I move on to some more football questions, huge huge soccer fan myself. I was very interested to hear you say that. So favorite uh, favorite soccer team? Oh, so I, it depends. Hey, you're on breaking up. Many, I'm having I, trouble understanding you guys. Are guy? you guys speaking a different language or, or what? It, yeah, it's a different language. It's, yeah, different language, exactly. <laughs> I don't, yo, I forget, Matt. We need to, You're over. You're not that far from me. We I'm should. Not. We should be over watching soccer. You know what I mean? Exactly. Do you have a Do you have a favorite team? Uh, yeah. So my my yeah, my uh, English Premier League team is Tottenham. Oh, okay. Um so I'm a big fan, especially because we just signed a couple. Of, we signed a couple of guys. One we loaned back, and one guy we just got from uh, Lyon in France, who, who's going to step into that uh, central, that CDM role. Uh-huh. Um, is is kind of what I'm excited about. And then in terms of uh, other leagues, I'm a Barcelona fan for La Liga, and then I don't really have a team so much in in the other in the other leagues in Europe. Gotcha. I kind of. Uh, yeah, I wait and watch. I've been watching a lot of the U.S. women. Oh, same um, here, same here. I was, I, so, I, I left work they're, early. They're, they're a lot better than the men. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I left work early and got myself in trouble for that the other day because I, I just kind of ran out of the office so I could go home and watch that game. Uh, I'm a huge Man U fan, so uh, no, I don't have anything against Tottenham. I like Tottenham. I love Harry Kane. Dude is dude is ridiculous. And then I loved obviously uh, when you guys had Bale as well because that dude is just a phenomenal soccer player. So I like Tottenham as well. That is very interesting. It's it's. You, it's rare to meet soccer fans these days, so it's a it, it's nice to hear. Probably a reason. <laughs> ha, 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 Dennis. Ha, 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 ha. All right, anyways. So um, now that uh, we've talked about your team, I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked Ben. If this was a real league, what do you think your chances are of making the playoffs and winning the league with this team? Oh, that's a good question. I think in terms of making the playoffs, I think I've got a pretty good shot in terms of, of my – basically everywhere outside of running back like we talked about so i mean in, in terms of my odds I, I i think i got uh i'd say like 75 percent chance of like making the playoffs um i just think my depth is if anything happens in terms of depth to any any one of those starters um especially behind like if something happened to mccaffrey i'm in trouble yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and, and it's going to hurt, and you know, in Kittle because I didn't grab another another tight end, um, and I struggled with that at the end. Whether I sort of was looking at what Dennis was doing and whether he was going to grab a defense or kicker or just going to kind of play the waiver wire off that one, and I struggled with that because there were some guys I liked, and I was like, well, I'll just kind of play by the rules with with what what was on there in terms of a mock. So I, I think my playoff chances are high in terms of winning it all. I think my odds might be a little bit lower because there's always going to be some kind of injury that's going to happen just sort of the way that it works in, in a, you know, in a sport that is as hard hitting as, is what happens in the NFL. Um, I, I just think something would happen to one of those guys. So but probably my odds of making the, making the playoffs uh, or winning it all are probably lower than what I think in terms of making the playoffs, maybe a 25% chance. Hey, all it takes is to get in there, and that's all that matters. You never know what could happen. I played by the rules. It let me draft those players, so that means no, the no, rules were fine. I, I always struggle. I struggle with that too. Like in my in like a redraft league, I may do the same thing as kind of not even bother with like kicker or defense, where where I'm still playing in those that, that that's still a position, um, and kind of wait and just waiver wire those guys. So I I, I toyed with the idea, but I, I decided to just grab one at the very end anyway 
No, I appreciate you doing that because Dennis just makes it difficult to discuss his team now because he doesn't have a kicker or a defense. I'm going to have to make one up here later. Like, oh, he took the he took this yeah, defense Because we've spent so much damn time talking about kickers and defense. We were getting there, Dennis. That, that was my next plan on talking with Jonathan about the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings defense. How, how high up do you think they're going to finish in the defensive rankings this year? I, th- I think we got the top 10. Top 10? Uh, that's a great call. I agree with you 100%. Brett Maher, best kicker in the game, so you knocked it out of the park there. Now, uh, before... That's right. I was going for those guys that can kick those 50-plus field you goals. Go. No, they're they're going to need a lot of help, but that, that was more for you because for all your the Cowboy hate. I, oh, I'm not God. a Cowboy fan either, so good. I figured I'd good. pick one Cowboy. That's good. Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question. So your favorite NFL team and uh, favorite NFL player? Uh, I don't really have a favorite NFL team. Okay. Um, uh, in terms, I, there's not really one team I like root for or against. I mean, probably against the Cowboys, but but that's just because of Jerry Jones. Um, I would say in terms of favorite NFL player, um, I do like my favorite all time player is I like Steve Young and Jerry Rice are my favorite players of like of the past. But in terms of now, I would say um, I do like trying to think of who's my favorite guy if i had to pick one i, I like i think Devonte adams adams or, or or deandre hopkins i like that i like both those players obviously i've got a got quite a few shares of both of them in a lot of my leagues yeah they're just they're just re- like freak athletes those guys yeah all right, well, Jonathan, we appreciate you joining us and talking about this mock. I can't uh, can't wait to get the roundtable league up and going. We'll, we will be doing the same thing with the draft. We, our hope is to bring you guys on here while we're drafting or after the draft to talk about your teams and your chances Perfect. of winning the league. Uh, we really appreciate everything you've done for us. We, you know, we know you've been a fan since the beginning, so we really appreciate that. All the, all the love that you've shown us on Twitter and everything—it means a lot to us. Uh, you know, I, I can't express enough how much it means. Especially, you know, you—you've been right on board with me since the beginning when I was doing it solo, and then you were—you were complimenting me and sending me messages and everything. So it really means a lot, and we truly appreciate you having having you and, and you being a fan of the show. Oh, no problem, guys. I appreciate it. I know I, I hit you up so much on Twitter. Probably you guys want to block me so no, <laughs> with, all. All, with all my questions. But but uh, I do appreciate the time. I, I love listening to the pod. I try to get to it as soon as you guys, when it goes out. And, uh, and I use Downcast for my app, so I gotcha. just got to make sure I keep refreshing it. But when it comes out and I listen to it, and you guys are always super nice. So I, I, I appreciate that. Not everybody is as nice as you guys when, when fielding uh, – advice so i i do appreciate it and i know everybody else does too yeah no i I don't the only one who the only one i know who doesn't mind it is my wife she hates how much i'm on twitter so but other than that i love it man i I love getting the advice i love interacting with people i know dennis dennis does does it more than i do so i I know he loves it just as much as i do so yeah we we really appreciate it and anytime man we we don't we don't mind answering questions except for when we get them wrong just don't throw it back in our face and we're good we won't, we won't talk about Ronald Jones. I sold my shares. No, no, he's coming back. This is his year. This is his year, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm buying Peyton Barber, man. I'm buying oh, Peyton Barber. You're jumping on the Dennis train. Why are you doing this to me, Jonathan? You're supposed to be my fan, not Dennis's. This is ridiculous. Uh, hey, I'm buying Bruce Anderson, too. So I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm fielding my, I'm trying to, you know, hedge my bet there on, on Rojo. You know what? He's gonna. I'm telling you, he's gonna ball out, and then I'm just gonna move to Tampa Bay, and me and him are gonna be taking pictures together all times. We're gonna be best friends. Cause I'm the only I, one who's, I, who's I, riding I and dying true. with that guy. 
I hope that's true. Like you guys could just take pictures on on boats down there in the in the Tampa, right off of right off of where the stadium is, right, right off that Raymond James yeah. Stadium. Yeah. Oh, it'd be it'd be wonderful. I'd burn so easily, but that's all right. It'd be well worth it. All right. Well, yeah, I appreciate it, guys. I'll be I'll be looking forward to the podcast when it comes out, and uh, have a good Fourth uh, of July. You do you the too, same. Jonathan. Thank you right for on. joining us. All right. All right. Bye, guys. All right, so we really appreciate all those guys from uh, all those will actually be in the listener league joining us for this mock draft just to kind of to get an idea of what a what a super flex draft might look like. Again, we talked about with a bunch of these guys uh, the the differences in this draft and how a lot of quarterbacks fell later. So now, Dennis, we're going to talk about our team. So you got the number one pick, um, and I thought you knocked your draft out of the park. Uh, your team looks a lot better than mine does at the moment. I'm, I'm a little upset with the way that my draft went. Uh, so you started off the 1-1. You took Saquon. You know, that, that's a pretty easy, pretty standard pick right there. Although in some super flex leagues, I have seen Patrick Mahomes go there, but if I would have taken Saquon right off the bat like you did. Uh, at 2-12, you took Kelsey. 3-1, you took Keenan Allen. 4-12, Sony Michelle. 5-1, Tyler Lockett. 6-12, Dante Pettis. 7-1, Miles Sanders. 8-12, Phillip Rivers. 9-1, Josh Allen. 10-12, Curtis Samuel. Uh, 11-1, Devin Singletary. 12-12, Paris Campbell. 13-1, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, and then you finished it out with Mark Andrews, Zay Jones, and TJ Yeldon. So, again, your kind of thoughts, just like we've been talking about with everybody else, your strategy going into it, and then uh, when did you kind of veer off that strategy? Did you change your mind at any point during the draft? Well, I selected the 101 uh, and asked if we could make it a super flex league because I was uh, I got lucky and have the 101 in the Scott Fishbowl. Okay. And while the scoring setup in this isn't necessarily exactly like that, and the other people in this wouldn't necessarily be drafting that way, I just kind of wanted to play with. If I if I approach the Scott Fishbowl a certain way, what if this was that? What would it look like? And that's why I actually took Kelsey at the two twelve. Um, in in uh, the Scott Fishbowl scoring, those those tight ends can can those top tight ends can really be difference makers. I went with Saquon over Zeke, who is my typical one oh one, just for the hell of it, honestly. Uh, I I don't think when it comes to Zeke, Barkley, and McCaffrey, I don't think there's a bad choice at the 101. Uh, So I just went Saquon this time. I figured uh, the big three running backs were going to go one, two, and three, and they did. Uh, Kamara, in my eyes, is is clearly the four, and that's where he went. I'm a big fan of Keenan Allen, and part of my strategy when I looked at who I was going to start drafting third round or so, I wanted to see would I be able to create a decent quarterback-wide receiver stack. And Allen was pretty much the, the one that I felt like would be a good opportunity. I do like uh, Stefan Diggs as well, and he went uh, at the 303. Yeah. And so I did toy with uh, Diggs over Allen, but I just couldn't bring myself to pass on Keenan Allen. I went Sony Michelle at number four. Uh, I, I've said numerous times I expect him to uh, 
rack up a bunch of touchdowns. I think the first place I kind of veered off my strategy was at the 7-1 when I took Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking, I'm trying to figure out. So I got Barkley and I got Michelle. I felt like two solid top-tier running backs. Uh, definitely a first-tier and a second-tier r- running back. And was it uh, Jacobs went at the 312 and Montgomery went at the 45. And while this is redraft strategy, running backs are the position that will pay off uh, earlier. They don't take as much seasoning. And so I went with Sanders at the 7 1, uh, almost three full rounds uh, after the other two big rookie running backs. And while there's still, I, of the three, I think Sanders is probably going to get the least amount of touches this year. I still feel he's going to be a very, very productive back there in Philadelphia. In the eighth and ninth is where I decided to hit the quarterbacks. Uh, and because I had drafted Allen, I went ahead and took Phillip Rivers. Uh, and then I followed up with Josh Allen. because In the Scott Fishbowl, there's point per first down uh, or half a point per first down rushing uh, and, and with Josh Allen's uh, running ability uh, I went ahead I, I actually toyed with Kyler Murray cool, um, I like it but I, but I, I ended up in the end going with Philip Rivers and Josh Allen yeah I mean I, I just to, to keep interrupt you really quick before you keep going I love the the Philip Rivers Josh Allen pick I mean Philip Rivers consistently puts up numbers and then I know we're both you know, not Josh Allen is not the greatest passer in the league, but overall he's a great fantasy asset. He's a great fantasy quarterback. Proved that last year when he was healthy. So so I love the pick of Josh Allen. Uh, I do love that you toyed with Kyler Murray there for a minute, though. I, I feel like maybe eventually we're going to convert you into Kyler Murray believer, but I do love that you've, you flirted with that a little bit. You know, I, I think he's going to get some rushing. I don't think he's going to – I'm not sold on him by any stretch, but I thought – if I'm looking at a running quarterback, really, it's Allen, it's Lamar Jackson, and it's Kyler Murray. And and I wasn't going to go uh, Lamar in the ninth. And I probably a little early for me to go Kyler Murray as well. Gotcha. So just kind of hitting on some of the other parts of your team here. I said I, I love the way that your team went, uh, you know, Having Saquon and Sony Michelle, I mean, yeah, Sony Michelle's had a little bit of the knee questions, but when he's on the field, he's a stud. So is Saquon, and even if, if Michelle were to miss time, you, you loaded up with Sanders and Singletary, both guys who have a chance uh, to be really good. And then obviously took T.J. Yeldon right there at the end, which was a great pick. Uh, wide receivers, you're loaded up on Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, Dante Pettis, all guys who have a chance to finish. Uh, uh, Allen is a wide receiver one. I would say Lockett and Pettis probably mid to high. Uh, Wide receiver twos, and then obviously Paris Campbell, Curtis Samuel. I love both of them. I think they're both going to be studs this year. And then you're bigger on Zay Jones than I am, but still a great pick in the 15th round. Yeah. You know, when I look at my receivers, there's, what, uh, six of them there. All six of them could potentially be the number one receiver on their team. Now, it would would take quite a leap. Uh, something would have to happen to T.Y. Hilton for Paris Campbell to lead the Colts in receiving. But I I think he's got the talent. But with Allen, Lockett, Pettis, and Samuel, uh, well, Allen, Lockett, and Pettis, for sure, look like the the number ones on their team. 
Samuel, it's going to be pretty cl- close between him and DJ Moore. And uh, right now, I, I feel like Zay Jones is the favorite to lead, uh, to be the number one there in Buffalo. Uh, it, it was really an interesting draft. I was pleased. I just grabbed, you know, uh, Jonathan mentioned it. You know, I didn't draft a kicker or, or a, a defense. Yeah. Um, you know, I. It, unless it makes me draft them, I typically will waiver them. It's just uh, it's just kind of not how I play. Um, and so I went ahead and took Zay Jones and TJ Yeldon late. Jones, because I think he's he can lead that Buffalo team. And since I've got uh, Josh Allen, I thought, well, there's another chance for a nice little stack. And then Yeldon, I felt, since I got Singletary, somebody's got to get the touches there in Buffalo. And I took Singletary because I... I I get the sense that McCoy is going to be gone. Um, Frank Gore, you know, they had him, showed a video of him doing a boxing workout today. But it was interesting as I watched the video and then, you know, showing, oh, he's working so hard, he's working so hard. Uh, he wasn't moving his feet. He was just standing there throwing punches. And I'm like, you got to move your feet, man. I, I get it. You're 36 years old or 46 years old or 56 years old or whatever. You know, he just keeps keeps going on like the Energizer Bunny. Um, but, you know, Yeldon could end up having a pretty prominent role if Singletary doesn't step up like uh, they expect if he gets the chance. Or, you know, Gore and Singletary could split early down work and Yeldon get the third down work. So I, I really liked the opportunity there. You know, I threw on Mark Andrews late with, with Kelsey. I really toyed with only taking uh, one tight end. Uh, and then Mitch Trubisky is my third uh, quarterback. So, you know, I really like the makeup of this team. Sands, uh, the defense and kicker. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it, it, to me, it's one of the stronger teams on there. You know, like, I, I love your quarterbacks, even if – even if Philip Rivers struggles a little bit, which he did at times last year, I think Mitch and Josh Allen could easily plug and play for you at quarterback whenever you need it. And like I said, I, with the with the wide receiver depth you have, even if something were to happen to Sony Michelle and you plug in Miles Sanders or Devin Singletary, the, the amount of points I think you could get out of your wide receivers would easily make up the difference there. And then obviously having Travis Kelsey, as we just talked about with Jonathan, who took George Kittle, the top tight end probably in 2019 outside of an injury issue, I would think. Uh, I mean, you, you've got a solid roster. Um, before we touch on my roster, I'd actually like to talk about Ricky's. Uh, he, he will yeah. not be able to join us. Uh, on Skype, unfortunately, and talk about his team. So I want to break his down really quick because he did join us. He took the time to, to do the draft with us. Uh, so an interesting start. I loved the way that he talked. At, or talked. Sorry, I just saw your message there about no football in the chat, so I, I, saw, I said talking. Um, uh, I, I kind of like the way that he started. Um, I think he needed to go wide receiver a little bit earlier than he did, but at 112 he took Joe Mixon, 2-1 Andrew Luck, 3-12 Josh Jacobs, 4-1 Carryon Johnson. 5-12 Mike Williams, 6-1 DJ Moore, 7-12 Eric Ebron, 8-1 Sterling Shepard, 9-12 Ben Roethlisberger, 10-1 Jalen Samuels, 11-12 TJ Hawkinson, and then 
tried to load up on wide receiver there in the last four rounds with Moncrief, Brown, Devontae Parker, and then took Zerline in the Broncos' defense. Uh, starting with his running backs, I mean, he, he knocked it out of the park. He's loaded at running back again. Three of his first four picks went to running backs in Mixon, Jacobs, and carry on. Uh, I mean, neither one of us are that big a fan of Jacobs, but he is going to be at least the one in a timeshare or the one all around there in Oakland. So he's likely going to get a decent amount of workload. But Joe Mixon, carry on Johnson, that's a great one too. And then you've got Jacobs and Samuels as either your flex player um, or and your depth right there. So your thoughts on kind of his running backs, do you, do you agree with me that I think that's probably the the most solid part of his team just looking at it right here is his running backs. Yeah, I'm a – I'm a big fan of Joe Mixon and uh, the points potential he has this year in this new offense. Uh, I, I think he's going to – I would actually probably have – I'd have Mixon up over Gordon and Bell. Yeah. Uh, and it, I, he's comfortably my RB6 right now. And uh, Andrew Luck is my QB1. And so picking at the 12 spot to go Mixon and Luck and then – you know, I'm not I'm not as high on Jacobs as a lot of people. Uh, I do love Carry on Johnson though. So if if Jacobs pans out, that's great. Uh, if not, you know, I'd have probably went uh, Marlon Mack over him or or uh, gosh. I mean, the guys that went right even Carry on. Yeah. You know, I'd I'd have probably went Carry on at the three twelve, gotcha. and then Brandon Cooks or Tyree Kill or somebody. Uh, at the four one is probably the direction I would have went. Gotcha. Yeah. See, I, I would have done the same thing at the four one. I, I would have probably passed on Jacobs as well and tried to get a wide receiver um, and and started off my draft with with mix and carry on and then a wide receiver because again his wide receivers while not a bad group um, I think kind of lacks that real. Uh, I would say high upside guy because I like Mike Williams, but I don't see him finishing as a wide receiver one. I, I think that's firmly Keenan Allen. Uh, nothing wrong with Mike Williams probably finishing as a wide receiver two, but he doesn't have that wide receiver one in my opinion. And Williams, DJ Moore, Sterling Shepard, and then Moncrief, Marquise Brown, and Devontae Parker. So he's got a lot of wide receiver twos and threes, which is great for depth, but he doesn't have that guy I think that he can anchor his wide receiver core around, which he could have gotten in a Tyreek Hill, Brandon Cooks, Kenny Galladay, or Julian Edelman, who all went after he took Josh Jacobs and on Johnson. You know, I love Mike Williams, and it's not out of the range of outcomes that he he could finish as a, a top-12 wide receiver. Um, it's probably a year early. I, I'd have to look up and see what Keenan's uh, contract situation is. Mike Williams is a hell of a good wide receiver, and you know this is one of those years Phil Rivers could throw 600 passes and and it really pay off, especially if uh, Gordon gets injured or something. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, for me, I think it was just I would have just preferred to have a, a guy that I think has a more secure shot at upside there than, than Mike Williams. I feel like you're betting on a little bit too much there. Again, uh, in, in Ricky's defense, he did say that he was going with a completely kind of different strategy here uh, than he has in any of the other drafts. So we don't want to we don't want to we're not criticizing him at all. It's still a good team. It was just a, what we would have done a little bit differently. But uh, I mean, I like the Sterling Shepard pick, especially in the eighth round. Uh, he's a guy who's going to be right there with Golden Tate getting a lot of the looks there. 
uh, and New York. And then, I mean, Devontae Parker, we'll see We'll see if he's Brandon Lloyd and can break out. I mean, Marquise Brown, either one of us, are, and Moncrief, we're not. None of us are that big uh, big on them. Ended up ended up with uh, Luck and Roethlisberger as his quarterback, so that's good. Uh, two good quarterbacks, a chance at the number one or number two quarterback with Luck. And then Roethlisberger will likely finish in the top 12 somewhere, so that's a good spot for him. Uh, and then I liked his tight ends as well. And, and Ebron, you got your stud there, even though he's probably going to take a little bit of a step back from what he did last year. I would imagine as bad as the tight end position is, he'll still be a top 12 option. Uh, and then TJ Hawkinson to kind of back him up. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think he could really struggle at tight end. Ebron's going to have competition for touches now from Funches, uh, from Paris Campbell. I think they're all going to kind of, you know, be looking at those targets. And a healthy Jack Doyle took targets and snaps away from Eric Ebron. So it, it his tight ends could really could really be the the downfall of that team. All right, so moving on to my team, and this is where Ricky kind of sniped me a lot. So I'll give him props on that. So I was picking in the 11 spot. Ricky was in the 12. I started off with Odell. I wanted, I really wanted Adams, but he, he went the pick before me. Uh, and I was hoping with me taking Odell that Mixon would come back around to me. He did not. Uh, and I, I struggled here. I honestly wanted to go Nick Chubb. But I did not want to start off Browns and Browns player because I knew I was going to try and grab Baker Mayfield later, who I ended up getting as well. Uh, so then I went, I went Dalvin Cook at two two. I took Leonard Fournette at three eleven, Tyree Kill at four twelve, Chris Carson at five eleven, Baker Mayfield at six two, Christian Kirk at seven eleven, Ronald Jones at eight two, Kirk garbage. <laughs> Kirk Cousins at 9-11, D.D. Westbrook at 10-2, Naheem Hines at 11-11, Chris Herndon at 12-2, Matt Stafford at 13-11, then finished it out with Robert Foster, Michael Bagley, and and the Green Bay Packers defense. Um, So I I like my wide receiver core. It's not great outside of Odell and Tyreek Hill. Um, Christian Kirk, I think, is going to be a good wide receiver this year. I think he's probably had a better shot at being really good next year when Fitz leaves. Uh, but I like Kirk to be kind of a plug-and-play guy. I love Dee this year, and I, I just kind of wanted to take a shot on Robert Foster. There were not a lot of wide receivers left at that point. I felt kind of worth rostering. I, I debated between him and Debo, who went a couple rounds later. Uh, but I just liked what I saw out of Robert Foster last year. I think he's got a shot to, to kind of be the deep threat there in, in Buffalo. So your, your thoughts on my wide receiver core? Yeah, it's, you know, you have to get through that first four weeks. Uh, it's not official that that's how long Tyreek is going to be suspended, but that's kind of what it looks like. And if you can, if you can come out of those first four weeks in a pretty good spot, then that running back group of cook and Fournette and Carson, that's a really solid group. Uh, quarterbacks, you know, Kirk cousins, I think is going to put up some big numbers this year. Baker has got a ton of weapons there in Cleveland and, you know, I, I'm a little down on Stafford this year, and, I, and it's more because of what I expect that offense to do in general, uh, which is run more and slow the clock down. Uh, but Stafford has shown that he can, he can score some touchdowns, throw some touchdown passes. So he's, he's certainly a, a good value as your third quarterback in a uh, super flex league. It, you know, 
Dee Dee and, and Foster and Kirk are really going to have to step up, uh, I think, for this team to make a run. It, it's uh, it, it there, there's there's some lottery tickets there that are really kind of flex guys that you're going to need to step up into to running or wide receiver two kind of roles, um, especially those first four weeks. But it, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm big on Didi this year. I think Didi Westbrook is going to lead Jacksonville. I think he's going to be the number one there. I'm more a Zay Jones guy than I am a Robert Foster guy. Mm-hmm. So that one, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's, right. That's a personal preference when you're in the 14th round. Well, yeah, that's what I said. I mean, I took him in the 14th round. I mean, the wide receivers that went at, right around him or after him, Demarius Thomas, Andy Isabella. I mean, you took Zay Jones at the beginning of that round. And then Kenny Stills, Debo, and Devontae Parker. So, for me, I just felt like he had the most upside out of all those guys. So, that, that I, that's why I took him. He said he, he seemed to click right there with Josh Allen at the end of the year. And if I can get that for even just a couple games, if I'm using him at the beginning of the year, just in a, in a bi-week fill-in spot, if I can just get lucky one of those weeks, It'll pay off for me. Said my, my running backs is I, I, I like my running backs, but obviously I feel like I'm kind of in the same boat as Ben there at the top and taking Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette both struggle with injuries, much like his uh, did in Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley. If they stay healthy, I, I think I'm rock solid because I've got those two both top twelve options, and I got Chris Carson. You know, even if you want to bypass Ronald Jones, Naheem Hines, who we talked about earlier uh, with Jonathan, both those guys can fill in in bye week situations or in the flex spot. Uh, so I, I love my depth there. I think really my my biggest weakness is the wide receiver position. But uh, again, I, I love the pick of, of DD in the tenth round. I think that's way undervalued. I think he should have gone before that. I was, I was happy to get him there because I'm with you. I agree. I think he's going to be the one in Jacksonville. And we know Nick Foles can play. He, he can play. He, he's played good with um, – why can I not remember what his name is right now? Oh, uh, shoot. Offensive coordinator. They, he had him in Philly and would just lighten it up. And I can't remember what his name is now. But he's, uh, Chip Kelly was the coach there. Who's the, let's see, under Peterson? Uh, Filippo. John Filippo. There we go. John D. Filippo, Filippo, yeah. Yeah, he's there as the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville. And he's all, whenever Foles has been paired with him, he's been good. So I trust D. Filippo to kind of put a game plan together around Nick Foles and allow him to do what he is good at and succeed that way, which I think is good news for D.D. Westbrook. So, again, I, I feel like D.D. Westbrook could be a great player for me, again, getting him in the 10th round, I think was a steal. Um, you know, my tight end a little bit weak there and just uh, – Chris Herndon, I would, in all honesty, before the season started, probably have to pick somebody up. I'd have to cut somebody because I think Chris Herndon's going to be suspended, if I remember correctly, because he had the off the I field. I think two games to start the yeah, season. So yeah, so I wouldn't have technically a tight end, but I didn't. I'm, I'm the same with you uh, in defense and kickers for the most part. Um, if it's a league where I only need to start one tight end, I will just grab one tight end and then waiver wire the other guy whenever I need him. Uh, and I most of the time do the same thing for kickers and defense, but I just kind of wanted to grab a kicker and defense because most everybody else was as well, just to kind of to, to set all that up and, and make it look somewhat official. Well, all right. So you're, I would imagine you think your team probably has a, a – I think your team has probably one of the better shots. I was a top-two team to make it into the playoffs and, and win the ship. Who – who top two? Yeah. 
Who would you put up there with it? That team is fucking awesome. Well, I agree with you. It's awesome. I think Blake's team's actually pretty good. I mean, just just uh, to go back over his really quick, I mean, Zeke, Evans, Diggs, Drake, Ingram, Robbie Anderson, Marquez, Hill, Washington, and Breida. That, I mean, that's a pretty good team. Newton, Murray, and Jackson as his quarterbacks. I think for, just looking at it, really, the, him and you are probably the top of the uh, – uh, of the run here. I actually kind of like Cody's team a little bit as well, and Kamara, Chubb, Cooper, and Galladay. Uh, but then after those two wide receivers and running backs, he kind of struggles everywhere else but has two good quarterbacks, and I, I like his tight end. So, yeah, I would say you and Blake right there are probably the top two teams would probably in the end be battling it out for a championship. Yeah, you know, I feel really good about this team, so you know what that means. If this was a real league, uh, Saquon's going to tear his out ACL oh, in preseason. That. Don't say Kelsey's that. Kelsey's going to get a concussion in week one. Keenan Allen will, you know, tear his spleen in week two. And uh, Sony Michelle's knee will start acting up in week three, and I'll end up going like 2-13 and 13 or 2-11, and 11, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, don't 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 speak that into the ether on Saquon Barkley. I own him in way too many leagues. I do not I do not need anything bad to happen to that guy. He's gonna hurt all of my chances this year if that happens. Yeah, I don't have a single share of Saquon. Oh, man, I, I I sold the farm in a lot of leagues to get that guy, and I'm probably gonna be paying for that for the next couple of years. All right, so that pretty much does it again. This is just a mock draft. We will we'll be doing something similar to this once we get our listener league up and running. So that, that pretty much is going to wrap it up for us, though, today. So we, we have decided we will have a uh, – we, we've got our last entrant into the listener league. We really appreciate everybody who's kind of played along with us in the, the Twitter threads and all that stuff and posting rate and review. So dbrownff88 um, – Great podcast. Stumbled onto this podcast a month or so ago and have made it one of my must-listens. Dennis and Matt are a great fit together and have tons of information flowing throughout. Had the pleasure of interacting with Dennis via Twitter and the dude is a class act. One of my favorite intros that gets me hyped. Do yourself a favor, hit subscribe button and enjoy. We appreciate that. At DBrownFF88 on Twitter. You are the last entrant into the league. Congratulations again. Thank you so much for the... Uh, Yay! Yay! Thank you, thank you so much for for the the kind words and the rate and review. We really appreciate it. I wanted to give uh, shout outs really quick to two other people who did it just recently in a. Uh, in Wee 23 Love the content Dennis and Matt provide. They do a great job and are very interactive on Twitter to answer any fantasy questions. Definitely a podcast to subscribe to. Um, and Dot Mix. Everyone should listen to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Great content, informed opinions, and extremely active on Twitter to answer any questions, give advice. These guys are fantastic. Well worth adding to your reputation. Uh, we really appreciate that, guys. If, uh, if either one of you have Twitter... Uh, reach out to me at SportsFanaticMB, and I will get you guys hooked up with a Listener League shirt. And if you guys want in, I will reserve you guys two spots in next year's league uh, if you guys want to get in since this one is already filled up. If you don't have Twitter and still want to do that, um, you can send us an email at fantasyfootballroundtable at yahoo.com. Uh, and same thing, I'll, I'll get all the information I need from you guys there. But, again, we really appreciate the you guys taking the time out of your day 
Uh, I'm sorry, it's Fantasy Roundtable at Yahoo.com, not Fantasy Football. Um, but we really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to, to do that. It, it means a lot to us, the, the kind words and the rate and reviews. It helps us out a lot as well. So we really appreciate it. Um, and, again, thank you to everybody who helped participate in the mock draft with us as well um, and get that kind of running. It, it's great content for us, and we were glad to have a bunch of you guys on the show as well to talk about your strategies and everything. Maybe get a little hint at how you're going to handle your teams in the Listener League as well so that hopefully uh, one of us can win it so we're not quite as embarrassed if, if we get knocked off by a bunch of the listeners all right so dennis before we cut out of here do you have anything uh in the pipes at the ner- uh, for the dynasty nerds oh we are uh finishing up our 32 teams in 32 days uh i i think we've got about six or eight more teams uh getting ready to come out we're putting out one a day uh some great stuff coming uh coming there uh, ramping up our IDP content and our Devi content. Uh, we'll be putting out more of that uh, as the summer goes on, getting ready for the uh, the NFL season. I'm pretty excited. I think it's two weeks from today when the first uh, rookie camp reports. So that's pretty exciting. It means we'll be we're like sharks. We can smell it in the blood. We smell right. the blood in the water. Yeah, Something. The water. Damn it, Janet. <laughs> Something oh well. Like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting. Um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic season. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the stuff we got coming down the pipe with Dynasty Nerds and, uh, you know, keep rocking this podcast. Uh, we will be at the uh, Midwest Fantasy Football Expo uh, Sunday, August 18th in Canton, Ohio. Uh, we're pretty excited about that. Uh, we did just uh, get some bad news, which really led to some good news as it re- relates to the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo. Uh, Matt won't be attending the Midwest Expo with me because in September, uh, September 6th and 7th, Matt and I will be meeting up in Las Vegas for the Fantasy Football World Championships at the Palms Hotel. So we'll be uh, recording live uh, on Friday and Saturday there at the Palms Hotel from Radio Row. We'll be doing a couple podcasts there, uh, doing some online contests for the uh, Fantasy Football World Championships. And uh, I know we're both pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. I hate passing up a chance to come back to, to, to the hometown, the roots. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, obviously a lot of great podcasts that are going to be there at the Canton, West Expo. Vegas. Canton, yeah, well, Vegas. Here's why I say this, because... You know, it's been a while since I've been able to come back home to Ohio, so I would have done a lot of visiting family and everything. And then in all honesty, uh, you know, we we have grown, I I would say, pretty – Pretty. We've grown a lot over this past year since this has all started. We've 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 kind of branched out and got a lot of great connections. You know, just off the top of my head, uh, two of the groups that I know are going to be at the Midwest Expo with you and the Dynasty Nerds um, and the Back Row Show and FF Statistics. I would have loved to been able to kind of come up there, meet you finally in person. I mean, obviously, I see you on camera. We you know whenever we do the Skype video and all this stuff, we have not had a chance to meet in person. Um, and then obviously get a chance to meet the Back Row Show guys with Barker or and then Garrett, Jared, uh, would have just been awesome to be able to meet you guys in person and kind of talk and, and just and hang out. But, yeah, I mean, the, the, not even just that it's Vegas, but the, the Fantasy Football World Championships, and, and we're being given the opportunity to broadcast live on Radio Row there. We get to participate in the World Championships and all the stuff going on there. It's, it's really hard to pass that up. So, yeah, unfortunately I'm choosing that. But 
my goal is if, and hopefully we get invited back to do both next year, I will make sure that I'm able to do both, but I kind of, unfortunately, at this point, since I used a lot of vacation time earlier in the year because I didn't think I'd need it for anything, this stuff all kind of got sprung up on us in the past couple months. Uh, I will be able to plan ahead for next year, and that way I'll be able to t- uh, to attend both of them. So I am looking forward to you know being able to make it up there to the Midwest Expo next year. But I, I, I am a little disappointed that I won't get to be able to go up there and, and hang out with all you guys uh, in Canton because I, I imagine it's going to be a great time. It, it will be, and uh, we'll be thinking about you. But, hey, you know, when we joined the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network, we knew there were, were going to be some great opportunities for us, and yeah. that was why we joined it. And so we're very thankful to Jim Day and Scott Atkins uh, for giving us this opportunity to uh, go out and represent the Full-Time Fantasy Network uh, out at the Fantasy Football World Championships as well as the Fantasy Football Roundtable. It's going to be a, a fantastic time. Now you guys wonder why every time – Matt asked me how I am. I always say I'm fantastic because, God damn it, I am fantastic. Yeah, it's it's definitely been an exciting. I mean, let's just just to recap, and I hate to go kind of like on a on a personal little journey here because uh, you know not everybody cares about that stuff. Some people are only turning into for fantasy football content. So if you are guys, it's ended. We won't be talking anymore really about that. But uh, I mean, if you really think about. You know, when we started out this year, you know, it was really kind of you and me that kicked this off the ground with the FLA group, and I said that I would take on doing it in hopes that we could get everybody in there to kind of jump on and make it a whole thing, and then nobody else really committed to it. You came on with me a couple times, but due to my recording time earlier in the year, we weren't able to really kind of get our schedules working. Uh, And then once we hit the offseason – we really kind of found a way to get both of our schedules on lock, and then we've been doing this ever since, and it's it's just grown. And, and I, I can't say, like, how – I know some people think it's weird because I'll talk about it with people outside of here, some people who don't even know what fantasy football is, and just, like, how proud I am of, of how much we've been able to kind of grow this into what it is because I never expected it. I mean, when we first started, I remember my first couple episodes when I did it by myself. I think you you joined me was like in week one or two, and we talked for one or two episodes about just breaking down Sunday games and previewing Monday games. I know we did week one because I got your opinions on the Detroit Monday night game before they just got destroyed by Sam Darnold and the New York Jets, which was surprising from everybody, I think. But uh, just like the fact that when we first did it, and you know, obviously you don't have any downloads or anything at first when you first start, and then we got up to like five or ten, and now we're getting up to like eleven hundred, and it's just it's 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 an amazing feeling. It's crazy that that many people like to listen to us talk about fantasy football, but it's a very humbling feeling as well to to think that. And like I said, just with everything and all the people we've had reach out to us on Twitter and ask us questions and tell us how much they enjoy the podcast, it's a it, it really is an amazing feeling, and so for those of you who are still listening to, to me babble on about this, I, I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate it because you guys are the reason that we're doing this. I mean, me and Dennis, I think we both like to hear ourselves talk, but not that much. Maybe We probably cut it to one podcast a week, but uh, you guys keep us going, and you keep keep it getting entertained by us, and we appreciate it. Because of that, we've been given the opportunities that we have, um, and, and we're looking forward to continue growing and just – like I said, like Dennis just said, these opportunities are amazing, and we can't wait to see what's what's happening in the future because all this stuff is coming pretty quickly. Yeah, it's gonna be something. Buckle up, fellas, we're going for a ride. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully it's gonna continue to be an even better one. So, Dennis, uh, obviously, thank you so much for for joining me today. Uh, Monday show will probably. 
cut back on the mock draft since we just did two of them. Maybe go back to the, the higher or lowers that we did right before the mock draft stuff and finish out some of the camp battle stuff. Uh, I want to try and knock all that stuff out before we get to, like as it just said, we're two weeks away from, from training camps and everything. So then we're really going to start getting deep into rankings and all that stuff because we'll be getting even closer to, to startup. Well, most startups have already been going, but redraft season starting up and all that stuff. So we'll start getting our rankings out to you guys and kind of where we view everybody. So well, that will be what we focus on here in the next coming weeks. And then, you know, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated on everything else that's going on with us. So we, again, appreciate you guys listening. And uh, if you guys have a moment, please rate and review the podcast. You can always reach out to me and Dennis on Twitter uh, as well and ask us any questions you guys want. Uh, we will gladly help you out in any way that we can. And, Dennis, thank you so much for joining me, and I will talk to you again on Monday. Have a happy fourth. Right on. I will. You have a safe fourth as well. Thank you. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored.